You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Remember, it's August, which means it's rewatch month. Mm-hmm. And so the film that we're rewatching this week or that we did rewatch is the 2012 Ang Lee film, Life of Pi. Noah, how many times have you seen this? I've seen Life of Pi probably about three or four times. I remember reading the book uh, before the movie came out. And I think it was December of that year or so. And um, I remember really liking the book as well. Yeah. Um, but it, it was interesting to revisit the movie. Because I feel like this is one of those really big ones that was very popular at the time, but doesn't necessarily get discussed nearly as much, I guess, in retrospect. Uh, a lot of my uh, friends who are big moviegoers, you know, they might know Life of Pi, but, you know, they haven't, like, mentioned it when it comes to some of its strengths, like, you know, visual effects here and there. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, well, um, I remembered you had read the book, and I appreciate the fact that you recommended this for re- rewatch month. Um, I think I read the book and I know that sounds odd because you know I don't read that much that it's like I forget that often but I do feel like I have more um on my mind when it comes to this story than just the film which I only saw one time and I have to say to you that I had not really remembered this film as much as perhaps I should or maybe to your point that you just said your your friends know about life of pi but they don't really remember it a whole lot and oddly enough i know you know quite a bit about it having i think read the book and having seen the movie at least once but uh watching it the second time or this most recent time anyway uh brought it all back in a in an interesting way so tell me why you recommended this um i recommended this because i remember the movie's visual effects were pretty cutting edge at the time and i also remember just really loving the movie but not remembering enough about it there was bits and pieces that I kind of picked from both the film and the novel itself and I was just kind of sort of thinking to myself I remember really liking that but I want to see how it holds up upon rewatch because you know it's it's a long movie Um, it was very popular at the time and you know for the same reasons I stated before it doesn't seem to get as much fanfare as I would think in retrospect so I wanted to go back and see how it holds up for myself Mm mm-hmm Well, here's the synopsis. After deciding to sell their zoo in India and move to Canada, Santosh and Gita Patel board a freighter with their sons and a few remaining animals. Tragedy strikes when a terrible storm sinks the ship, leaving the Patel's teenage son, Pai, as the only human survivor. However, Pai is not alone. A fearsome Bengal tiger has also found refuge aboard the lifeboat. As days turn into weeks and weeks drag into months, Pi and the tiger must learn to trust each other if both are to survive. Yeah, pretty amazing synopsis, I would say. Um, (laughs) And many people actually told me the book was boring to them. um, Uh And the movie really brought these pages to life. It was actually said that this book was unfilmable. So uh, the technical... I read that too. The technical achievement and sort of marvel that it was at the time was one of those other reasons that kind of brought it back to me as well. So um, I, I, I remember enjoying the book for myself but this movie was a feast for the eyes i can definitely say what did you watch this by the way when where where did i watch this um i watched it on my phone i downloaded it from 
HBO Max or Netflix. I can't remember where it's available and um, downloaded it. I, I was on a business trip this week, so I watched it on one flight. Watched 95% of it on on a flight. That's pretty good because it's a very long movie. I believe we also own this on Blu-ray, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And um, I rented this on Amazon. I think it said it was available on Hulu or so, but there was an extension that you had to have. And, you know, you had to kind of go through all that. We watched it um, away from our home TV. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, we had to do some logins here and there, but we were able to, um, we were able to watch it. And yes. uh, I, I got to say, uh, it's a very good movie still through and through. Um, what did you think? Uh, what do you think? I think. I think you liked it a lot. I thought you thought it was long and some parts might have dragged on a bit, but for the most part, you thought it was probably beautiful in many places, but also entertaining just for the story it told. Well, I would say you're partially correct. I did not think it felt long at all. And I would say to you, this is easily one of my top 10, if not top five favorite films of all time. Wow. Loved this film. Loved it. Loved everything about this film. I love the fact that it was told by the uh you know by the protagonist mm-hmm. uh pie himself um i mean there were a few things i didn't think were stellar but in terms of the story in terms of the pacing in terms of the action in terms of the dynamics between mm-hmm. pie and the animals i love this film i would this is an all-timer for me noah wow. i really 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 liked it and the whole time i kept thinking gee I really hope this movie doesn't end. I'm totally good with what's going on with this. And gee, I wonder how many days, gee, I hope he has a lot more days left with uh, on, on the book. <laughs> <laughs> I just was all about this. And you know, you see this, you see a version of this film, uh, a ver- when I say that, a version, mm-hmm. a uh, castaway. W- when you see someone who is, you know, sort of literally cast away, mm-hmm. uh, you know, adrift at sea, there have been a number of films like that. But this one has such meaning. It does. And what I also love about it is that there's there's an opportunity for interpretation. It's mm-hmm. not shy about how faith-based it is in mm-hmm. so many ways. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot we can say when we get into spoilers, which I think we should do. But for me, this is an all-timer. And when I when I watched it, I was like, mm, easily top 10. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, okay, what are my favorite movies of all time? And I thought, there's probably room for one or two more. And I think Life of Pi gets one of those spots. Awesome. Finally, a home run recommendation from me to you. Home run, Noah. Okay, maybe that'll make up for uh, the last few that I suggested we watch. But it's good. It's great to hear that you like it so much. Because do you remember your initial experience watching the movie and how you felt after? Because I know you said you didn't remember exactly how the film was. But what was your perception when you heard me saying that I wanted to watch it again? Were you just like, oh, yeah, this is really great? Or I don't really remember that much about it. I think I was like, oh, I remember liking that movie. That's a good choice because I haven't, I don't know, it's odd. It's just a film that just sort of flies under the radar, which is so unusual to me, given how strong it is across the board. And frankly, how well received it was at the time and even since. So yeah, it made I, over, I, know, it's odd. I was really glad you suggested it. Yeah, it made over $600 million at the box office. Obviously, it costs a lot of money to make as well. Um, I believe the budget was $120 million, which is actually less than I would have thought. And yeah, um, at the time it was, this was what, 10 years ago. So yeah. And then it pulled in 609 million. Um, and it just goes to show how beautiful movies can be. It's a wonderful story through and through. And I a like, fantastic story. I like how it's kind of like, um, 
an allegory almost uh-huh. because it is I, don't allegory. Want to, I don't want to get into i don't want to get into spoilers yet but i love how there's a little switch up at the end and it's really yep. clever i like mm-hmm. how they sort of tell the story like you were saying pi when he's older uh to what we assume to be maybe yan martel the um book's author mm-hmm. and uh you know they're just kind of you know they're cooking dinner they're you know eating it and then they're going to the park and just over time he's telling this fantastical story that sometimes seems like it could be real but maybe too uh too fantasy to be true in some moments but i think that's what adds to the spectacle of it and i really really wish that i could have seen it on a big screen again because mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! What is this? One of those movies that was just made to be in the theaters or IMAX? I mean, it, seriously. I mean, the imagery was just beautiful. I mean, such masterful use of uh, sets and set pieces, and just you know, sometimes there wasn't that much dialogue in the film, but it's just about what it presented to be in front of you. Um, I, I I really really enjoyed just how different this movie is but how it's maybe not even lighthearted, but it's very well intentioned it's very gentle with um the subject matter which is actually pretty dark so mm-hmm. i i thought there's a lot of themes that um were explored very well in this for such a visual spectacle this is actually a very stripped down film and i think that's one of the reasons it probably is not a film that comes immediately to mind because it is it is really in spite of its visual um specialness for lack of a better term mm-hmm. it's a really uh sort of small scale mm-hmm. low-key kind of film there it's not bloated with characters it's not even loaded with characters mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the things that makes it better is that there's not so much going on that you're distracted by this storyline or that storyline, there's one storyline and it works and it doesn't feel boring at all. And you know me, I'm the first person who gets bored in a movie, mm-hmm. but I got to say, I-, I could watch this again. And I probably will. Your mom was just like, why did you watch it without me? And I said, well, because I knew I was going to be traveling and I was glad to be able to get it in, but I'm happy to watch it with her. It was great. Love this yep. film. Absolutely. All right. So you would definitely recommend it to pretty much anybody. 110%. One of the best movies I've seen. Yeah, this is a film for anybody, um, especially with it revolving around animals, uh, I'd say, and just sort of the bonds that you can form in difficult situations. But it's just it's an incredible movie. And I think that um, I think that everybody needs to see it at some point in their life. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so glad you recommended we watch we rewatch this for rewatch month. Perfect. All right. Um, so let's go into spoilers. You know the deal. If you have not seen Life of Pi, come on, go see it, please. And then come back and listen. And if you have seen the movie, then listen on with us. If you have not seen Life of Pi, you owe it to yourself to see Life of Pi. Agreed. Can you tell I like this movie, Noah? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in fact, I haven't seen you this enthusiastic about a film in a long time. Yeah. All right. So let's go into spoilers. Okay. So... I want to know what you thought of the scene with the storm where the tanker ship eventually capsizes and, um, you know, basically he loses his entire family. All of the crew goes down in the ship and he's the sole survivor. What did you think of that whole scene? And 
uh, I mean, what were, what were your thoughts on that? Was it kind of like reminiscent of the Titanic? Like, what did you, what did you think of that whole scene? <laughs> it's funny you asked that because in fact, just last week we watched Titanic. So yes, it was very reminiscent of that. I, I have to say there were, you know, a couple, there are a couple of minor things that I thought weren't quite as fluid as I, no pun intended, as I wanted them to be. And what was and that? I were, oh, I just felt like the, the, uh, the storm that hits the ship, there was just something not a hundred and a hundred percent on point with the way pie sort of was in the lifeboat and then not in the lifeboat and then back in the life. I don't know. It was just, but you see these animals mm -hmm. flying through the air or flying yeah. through the water. I mean, it's very, very impressive. The CGI is amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I don't know if that answers your question. There was just, I, I thought it was, um, you know, you know, he wakes up and he asks his brother to come up to the deck because there's a storm. And by the time he gets back, you know, to go down, he realizes that the, the bottom of the boat has flooded and his and parents, his, and his family has drowned. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I thought the scene was incredibly tense because one of my biggest fears is being caught in the open water during, you know, just a huge storm or at night so i mean it was like really i thought they did a really good job in making it super tense but also kind of like you know there's quick cuts of him you know falling and then you know this and that like there's chaos going all around maybe and it was the chaos that just sort of threw me off a little bit because absolutely i mean there's some bit. waves that crashed over him where you're just like there's no way he would right. be able to get out on a tiny little you and, and know, i think that's exactly like that. what it was there were some some waves that were so powerful that i thought mm -hmm. really you're gonna you're gonna not that's not gonna throw you into the water you're gonna still 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 be on the deck there kind of thing mm -hmm. but what a horrific scene i mean really yeah really i thought one of the best shots if not the best shot in the entire film was when he got dragged underwater and he was looking at the um giant supermassive tanker just sinking to the bottom of the ocean that was just, I mean, wow, what a crazy shot. And I like how they linger on those shots too. It's not mm -hmm. like it's, you know, there for five seconds or um, even like, you know, 10 seconds. I mean, it just really just kind of punches you with that visual spectacle. And I think the visual storytelling in this movie just goes so far with what they do. I mean, even for the first, I want to say 10 minutes and the opening credits, it just shows animals. The animals around the zoo. Okay, let me talk about this for a second. Mm -hmm. That was the most delightful opening sequence I have ever seen in a movie. I, I'm all about animals. I'm all about zoos. The older I get, the more I'm all about animals. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you get shots of zebras and giraffes and tigers and beautiful animals, exotic mm -hmm. animals that you just don't see every day, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, right. Uh, there's rhinos and, and it's just sort of like a, I mean, I, I kept thinking, Oh, this is delightful. I hope this this opening sequence goes on for quite a while yet. I was almost disappointed when it ended. It did. It uh, that one went on for probably I want to say 8 to 10 minutes or so. I would have, could have gone for could have gone for 20 and I would have been fine. And it did a really good job of setting the scene in a way that said everything that would really follow in the film. The dialogue doesn't have to be there for you to feel something and for you to feel connected to the movie and what's happening on screen. Um, it's largely about animals and people's relationship with them. And um, I, I just thought, I, I thought that was done very, very well. Um, and there was a very calm, gentle demeanor to it. Uh, so I really appreciate that. It was very peaceful. 
very mm-hmm. peaceful. It's and, a very um, peaceful film in a lot of ways. In spite of all of the um, imagery and destruction, it, it, it's an um, inwardly peaceful film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I would argue that most people would probably agree that the first 30 to 40 minutes of the film it's actually quite slow because it's really setting up Pi's life and, you know, sort of, he's not on the raft until like an hour in, really. Um, and it's setting up his life. I think it's like an hour and 10 minutes. I yeah. think I looked at my watch intentionally. Yeah, and how he came to three different faiths and uh, just really his story of what he cared about. And you really, I, I like how it didn't just, it didn't just show his family, it fleshed them out, you know, before they were gone in an instant. And I think Here's that, the thing. that's the emotional punch. Character development is essential in any film. We mm-hmm. watched a film yesterday that I won't name at this point in time, because you and I will probably review it, um, with, which is, is fundamentally what it lacked, character development. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're dropped into a story with these characters. You have really no understanding of who they are. And consequently, you just don't care. In this case, I loved that Pi... His name was Piscine, mm-hmm. and he was teased by having that name, so he shortened it to Pi. Um, he, he, it's basically his search for faith mm-hmm. um, and religion, and and it's. I really, really like this film. So let me just fast forward here because we're going to get long here if we don't if we don't uh, move forward. But one of the things I thought, you know, when uh, Pi is first in the boat, it's not just with a tiger; he's with uh, a zebra. Mm-hmm. And he is with a hyena. Um, hyena. <laughs> a hyena was annoying. Um, and uh, then he was also with a uh, orangutan. Orangutan, and then yeah. a surprise Bengal tiger. <laughs> so. Right. The Bengal. That was a little bit like all of a sudden the Bengal tiger reappears from underneath that tarp. It was like, oh, okay. I I'm, mean, wi- I'm willing to. I'm willing to let that go. I'm you know? willing to let it go too because the rest of the film is so perfect. But, but uh, yeah, it was just really. I mean, imagine yourself, you're just watching this thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, you know, and then let's face it, there are plenty of sharks in this film too. And the whole time it's just like, okay, I I just, you know, and there's a line in the film. It's like, you don't know know, something. You don't know who you are until you have to be someone you're not or something like that. It's, that is not, that's a paraphrase. I know what you're saying. It's like, you don't, I thought to myself, I just don't know. I just don't know if I could do that. Create that raft that's separate mm-hmm. from the boat so that I can hang out in the water with the sharks that were circling me mm-hmm. um, and using that to get away from the Bengal tiger and then reading about the tiger and how to how to train the tiger mm-hmm. from, I mean, the whole thing was just, you know, and then the hyena, you know, eats the um, zebra, the zebra. And, you know, because for a while there, the, he's just sort of, you know, fighting against the the hyena well then the hyena figures out well if i can't reach pie i'm gonna go eat the zebra yeah um and and so um anyway it's just it's for the for the listener who hasn't seen this film it sounds ridiculous just listen to us and go watch it yeah i like what you said um with your quote even if you might have not said it exactly I, i get what you were trying to convey it's it's basically saying you don't really know who you are as a person until you're forced to be outside of your comfortable environment necessarily mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. until you're forced into this thing into this 
situation where you have to survive. That's when you know who you truly you don't are. know what you can do until you have to do it. And I liked how danger was around every single corner for him. I mean, you know, he was exhausted. I mean, he was sunbaked. He was having to dodge, you know, those sharks and then, of course, predators. Um, but then there was a general sense of serenity. Uh, at night, the waters were still and he was reflective, you know, he was talking to, he was talking to his gods, and um, just sort of asking why he was there or what his purpose or what their purpose for him was. And so I thought that was, um, it was moments of brutality mixed in with those very gentle, smaller moments, which was, mm-hmm. it was well offset by those things. Yeah. So ultimately, he's left with it's lo- the the two on the boat are pie, and the Bengal tiger. And mm-hmm. Pi has to figure out how to um, coexist mm-hmm. with with the tiger, and ultimately they they do. Um, you know, the tiger ends up. There's flying fish involved, and you know that's the other thing. Pi has to figure out how to feed this tiger because if he doesn't, the tiger's going to eat him. Yes. So, and <laughs> let's a lot going on here. Yes, and I want before we go into our check it out, I want to finish off with sort of the ending explanation of all that and why I love it so much. So at the end, uh, when he's eventually uh, rescued, um, it's essentially he's in the hospital, and two representatives from that oil tanker company uh, come down and essentially get his story as to what happened. So he tells them that story, and they say. You know, that's a little ridiculous. Like, you know, give us something more believable. And then he tells the story of what probably happened. But then he poses the question, which one do you like more? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the realistic story, his mother survives, the rude cook from the ship survives. And then um, one of the crewmates uh, is injured on the ship. And um, essentially, everything that happened with the animals, each person is represented by an animal Yes, uh, happens, you know, within the movie. And then it makes you kind of do a double take and just be like, Oh, wow. Okay. So I guess that was, you know, symbolic of this or that. And, and I remember when he, when he and Richard Parker, the tiger eventually parted. I can't believe we haven't told our, our listeners that Richard Parker <laughs> is the name of the tiger. Yeah. Um, when he and, Richard Parker finally parted ways. I like how he said something to the tune of, you know, they had formed this relationship, but he didn't even do so much as look back. He stopped for a second before he left. And it's like, it's like they hadn't shared that at all, but he knew that they did. And I think that goes to show that in the realistic story, he killed the cook for doing what he did to his mother and that crew member. And that was, he became that tiger, that part of him that he didn't realize, but he had to learn to coexist with, with which, with what you were saying, you know, the man that, uh, you know, you eventually become in those kinds of situations. And that part of him left when he was eventually rescued. And it's like, he, he knew it was inside of him and he had shared that, space with the um, more rageful and vengeful side of himself that was a survivor but ultimately you know it didn't go out with a bang it went out with a whimper that side left him but he did what he had to do at the time to survive it was almost primal so I appreciated that allegorical sort of uh, mix together that was done so well and I like how they offered that at the end of the film because 
it kind of makes you think more deeply about everything that just happened. Completely agree. I thought the ending, I thought that was heartbreaking, oh, yeah. but at the same time, because it's an allegory, it just sort of, it works. And in fact, if the tiger had looked back, it would not have been, it would have been, it would have been in the moment satisfying, but ultimately as a piece of film and as a story would mm -hmm. not have, have been as effective. Absolutely. This is a great movie. I'm going to watch it with your mom. I can't recommend it enough. I can't wait to see it again. What a great movie. All right. It. I'm giving it five Z's. If I could give it any more than five Z's, I would. It is the must-see movie um, of this podcast so far. Yeah, I'm going to give this one four and a half C's. It's um, one of my favorite films of the past 10 years. It's it's very, very well done. It's appropriate for all ages um, for, for the most part, but it, it tells a wonderful story, as we've mentioned, and it's just they just don't make movies like this. It's a type no, of marvel. It's an achievement in filmmaking. And it's amazing that it was even able to be. Well, the story know, really... itself, you know, the fact of the matter is, is as you said, that they said it was an unfilmable story. But um, the fact that they filmed it is, is an achievement, yes. But it's the story that is so powerful. I read a similar, similar but different book over the holidays this past year called the stranger in the boat mm -hmm. um and it really they were both stories are reminiscent of one another lots of religious overtones and and of course i very much appreciated that but this is just um you're doing yourself a favor by spending two hours and it does not feel like two hours and seven minutes not to me in fact it could have been longer and i would have been fine there's your endorsement right there that is a testament <laughs> to this movie. wow all right. Perfect. So thank you so much for listening to our Life of Pi review. Hopefully you watch it if you haven't after this podcast. And if you loved it, hopefully you got a little something extra out of listening to this review. Do you want to move into the check it out? I do. What do you, I have one. I have one as well. Okay. In well fact, then Noah, we're going to transition to check it out and you tell our listeners what they should check out first. All right. So this one is right next to me. So I've been seeing uh, this product around for a long time. It originally popped up on social media for me, uh, I guess when it was a bit newer and sort of breaking into the zeitgeist, but it is called Liquid Death, and it's a drink that you can have. It's non-alcoholic because it is a water brand. Um, I have to say, this marketing and branding that they put on their boxes and across all of their media is a masterclass in I wish I wish I could have done a case study on this when I was uh, doing graduate school, because I mean, this is just the way to pull people in. It's just water. It's just water. But their branding, uh, it's uh, so the like the typography, the font, uh, liquid death, it's just very intense. And it says their tagline is murder your thirst. So it's just it's kind of wild. Um, they've got they've got uh, sparkling water varieties called oh. mango called mango uh, chainsaw and they have a bunch of other different ones but it kind of looks like a case of beer in terms yeah. of like the art style and how they do it but it's just water it's just water and i mean <laughs> it's just pretty cool it's pretty cool so it's a great thirst quencher you can probably find it in most grocery stores i found it in a Publix. you could probably find it in a lowe's and um, maybe a harris teeter as well but check it out online too. I'm sure that their website is awesome as well. But the branding for this is super cool. And I just thought you should check it out if you're into sparkling water, because I know a lot more people are getting into that these I'm days. Very into sparkling water. Yeah. So uh, Liquid Death, the uh, water that murders your thirst. Okay. Who knows? Next podcast, I might be drinking one. Yeah, perhaps.
All right. So my check it out is um, something I, I jumped, just jumped on a train that people have been on for a couple of years, but I jumped on it while we were uh, on vacation. And that is I'm playing Wordle daily. So Luke, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people who play Wordle, but I had never played it. And so I guess we were talking about it and he said, oh yeah, just here. I play it every day. So um, instead of downloading the app, I just go to the New York Times uh, Wordle page on a daily basis. And um, it's really fun. It's not as easy as you think it is to identify five letter words. But um, if you're not playing Wordle, I highly recommend it because it, it will take 10, 15 minutes out of your, well, for most people, it probably takes one or two minutes out of their day. For <laughs> me, while I'm just getting started, it takes a little bit longer. But at the end of the day, it's something very satisfying. And I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm playing. So it'll broaden my vocabulary, even though they're only five letter words. Yeah, I know Wordle was very popular during uh, the pandemic, and I think New York Times bought it for a little over a million dollars. So I don't use the app because uh, I prefer the New York Times format better. So Wordle, check it out. That's just untrue, right? What? No, I I deleted the app. Oh, really? Yeah. No kidding. Use the New York Times. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right, cool. So anyway, well, this has been our Life of Pi episode. We hope that... uh, we have motivated you to go check it out because it's uh, a really worthwhile film and um, just a film I think that you'll think, gee, I'm glad I listened to ZZ Talk because um, this is one film that's worth worth watching. So um, we want you to spread the word about the podcast. We have uh, a couple more, actually three more weeks in August, and we have some surprises coming up. What's up next, Noah? Uh, next in terms of what we're going to, uh, record or no, no, what's up next in rewatch month. All right. So let me just double check on this real quick because, uh, we have quite a few things in the pipeline. Um, I think up next we have Jurassic park, which is a big, big all-time movie that, um, well, most people definitely know. Uh, yep. so yeah this isn't going to be any of the sequels it's going to be the uh, 1993 original so right. uh you can look forward we're to that to do we're going back and forth on some uh lesser known films some uh big screen sort of blockbuster kinds of films and uh so we've got themes coming up too so after rewatch month uh the month of september has a theme the month of october is going to be horror movies um noah's excited because december is going to be hallmark movies no i'm just kidding <laughs> no way also um now that we've mentioned it you will be hearing us say that jurassic park is coming next after you've listened to the episode because it's the next one coming but this one is going to be after jurassic park Um, we are really just trying to test our listeners to make sure that they're staying in tune with how we're broadcasting here right just super engaged yeah Um, not an oversight uh, at all actually not at all not at all (laughs) Okay, well, with that, thanks for joining us for Life of Pi. Until next time, I'm Greg. I'm Noah. And this is Easy Talk.